This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 500 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and you, our auditors. On today's special 10th anniversary episode of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, not only do we celebrate the 10th anniversary of Stable Scoop, it's episode number 500, and this is the first show that was ever on the Horse Radio Network, which means that it's also the 10th anniversary of the network as well. Joining me for this episode is the person that helped start it all, my friend and first co-host ever, Helena B. And we have each picked our top five episodes from the last 10 years, and we're going to share them with you. But now, let's take a listen to the first theme we had from day one. Welcome to the Stable School. With weekly shows delivered right to you With Helena and Glenn the Geek Live from the stable, it's every week They'll bring you the news through hell hot water While using their tails as their own fly swatters So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable School Stable scoop. Stable scoop. One of the longest opening themes in the history of opening themes. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And welcome to episode 500, our 10th year anniversary episode of the flagship show on the Horse Radio Network, the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Hey, Helena, welcome back. Well, thank you very much. It feels so good to be back. <laughs> it's nice to hear your voice again. Look, before we get started, let me give a shout out to Robbie Mattern, who is the one that did that theme for us that we played for nine years here on the show. He did that, and we had that from going into episode number one. We had that at the very beginning, and uh, th- things were different back then. We're going to talk a lot about that, but the themes <laughs> were a little longer back then than they are today in <laughs> podcasting. And you, you know, we anything. tried to get rid of that theme, didn't we? About four years in, we got sick of it, and we had so many complaints, we had to bring it back. Yes. So you brought it back as a shorter version. Yeah, we shortened it up, but we brought it back because people were complaining that it wasn't there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but we were like, we can't listen to it that long anymore. <laughs> we just... All right, the compromise was cutting it down. (laughs) We thought we needed a full-length song when we started back then, uh, and that was mostly to give us time to just get things organized. Well, we... (laughs) It was different. (laughs) I'm kind of impressed that you remembered Robbie's name. Like, you just... You spelled that right out. This I time. know. I was. I worked with his mother for years, and that's how I knew him as a teenager. And then he got into music in his twenties. And then when we needed a theme, he was the only one I knew. So <laughs> that's why I contacted him. He's the only one I knew that could play guitar. Do it. Well, uh, it's perfect. Actually, it's the perfect. It, it just so perfectly summed us up and the show. It did. It was a great theme. It really fit. It really did. It, w- it wasn't like it was bad. It was just a little long. Yeah. <laughs> so, But welcome back. It's so nice to have you back. And you're back to podcasting full time over there on the what is it? What is your network again? The Sparkling Boom Podcast Network. Sparkling Boom Podcast Network. And of course, you do that Newport show with Buck and a couple of others there on the network. And it's good to good to see you back full time. Thank you very much. It is beyond wonderful to be back. I didn't realize how much I loved podcasting until I had to step away from it. 
Well, this show's a lot harder without you, I can tell you that. <laughs> it hasn't been as regular as the listeners will tell you without you. Uh, <laughs> it's been, but, you know, we get a lot of questions um, from listeners all the time and from auditors who, who are new auditors and have been around for a long time about how it all started. So I think, you know, this anniversary of the 500th episode, this is August 8th of this year, which is coming up in a couple of days, will be our 10th year anniversary. Our first episode of the Stable Scoop Show went out on August 8th. So, of 2008. So, we are 10 years heading into our 11th year. That's hard to believe, isn't it? It is. It's a long time. (laughs) And we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure we still do, but we really didn't back then. We were kind of making it up as we went because nobody knew what they were doing, really. There, no, we were blazing trails and, and not just in podcasting. I think back of what I was doing 10 years ago, both in the saddle and behind the microphone. And I, I'm lucky I'm alive. <laughs> well, one of the conversations that we both had for a long time was what gives us the right to do a show about horses? Um, you were more qualified than I certainly was. I mean, you, but you weren't a top level rider. We remember we went through those conversations. We, we talked about this a lot before we did our first episode. Do we have the credibility to do a show? And we finally just settled on, we're just going to be who we are, and we're like everybody else, right? Isn't that what we just said? We're like everybody else, so we're just going to ask questions that everybody else would ask. Absolutely. And that's kind of, I think, what contributed to the success was because we didn't, we weren't preaching to anybody. I mean, there were some things that we knew and that we were confident about, but what, it was more our curiosity, I think, and our... Um, our fearlessness in asking questions and reaching out to people because we just wanted to have conversations. I mean, that's you. That's me. That's Jen. We like to connect with everybody. We just want to make friends wherever we go. And who better to make new friends with than horse people? And I think one of the things that we have that even I listen to podcasts that are coming on today and and, and they don't have it and they're doing interview shows and it bothers me is they just don't have a natural curiosity about everything. You literally have to have to be a really good interviewer. You have to be curious and interest, truly interested in everything and anything. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, yeah, and yeah. kind of experience at it, like you know, going to a cocktail party or dinner or even a networking event, looking somebody in the eye, shaking their hands, and having a genuine intent on getting to know that person. I don't know if that's something learned. I mean, maybe is if it's practice, is it experience, or is it something that's just in you? But you, you take that from real life and then you put it into podcasting, and I think that's what makes for a good show like ours. I think it's in you, to be honest. After dealing with a lot of podcasters now over the last couple of years asking for help, I think it's in you, but it can be improved. Like you and I have obviously improved over 10 years, hopefully. Uh, And it's, but it's, it's got to be in you that innate curiosity is something I think you're born with, or I think it's hard to fake that. You might be right there. Yeah, I think it's definitely hard to fake. But you know, those some, some kids outgrow the asking why about everything. Well, why? Why? Why's that? Why's this? Why's that? You and I didn't outgrow that phase. Oh, and you it, especially. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it kind of annoys people. That's why podcasting is my safe place. <laughs> That's why you and Jennifer, my wife, are best friends, because she's that way, too. You it's too. <laughs> true. Well, well, that was the inspiration for the show, is Jen and I would be sitting in the feed room at Myopia at 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays, and we would be talking about I don't know what brand of feed we were going to 
by and the hay that month and, you know, whose shoe fell off. We just had these really intense conversations that we could have had all day long had it not been for the fact that we had 22 horses to take care of. And that was it. That was the scoop. Like, what's the scoop this week? And that was really the inspiration for Stable Scoop. And that's how it got its name, too. <laughs> that's, we, we, went, we bounced around a bunch of names. And uh, there weren't a lot of podcasts back then about horses. I don't think, I don't know. There were a couple. I don't think there were any. They, they, they didn't last long if they were around. And, of course, remember back 10 years, everybody, you didn't have your iPhone. You were listening on a, on a smartphone. You were listening on your iPod, which you had to hook to your computer and download the episodes. You were not listening because the iPhone came out after that. Uh, I completely forgot about that. Or you had to listen on your computer. That was the only way you could listen. Hence the name podcast. That's right. And it, so that, you know, you weren't listening the other way. We, how quickly we forget. How quickly we forget. If you remember correctly, after six months of doing this, we had like 12 regular listeners, literally like 12 regular <laughs> listeners. And then it started to pick up. And it was just, I think one of the big barriers was one, educating people how to find a podcast. Then nobody knew. That's why we called them radio shows. It was, we used to say it's online radio because nobody knew what a podcast was. Yeah, we were educating the general public. That was painful. That was painful. It was, was really painful. painful trying to explain it every time. Boy, things are so much better 10 years later. Kind of so much better. <laughs> One of the questions I get all the time is, and it, it, especially from auditors, is did you have, and, and other podcasters, is did you have the idea for a network when you first started your first show all those years ago? And I have a sound clip that's going to kill Helena because mm -hmm. this is from episode number one, and it answers that question. And oh, the sound has gotten better, too. Let me just clarify that as we play these <laughs> clips. Here we go. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. Welcome to the introductory episode of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. The Stable Scoop Radio Show is part of the Horse Radio Network and can be found online at horseradionetwork.com. You can also go directly to the Stable Scoop Radio Show at stablescoops.com. Hey, Helena, it's so good to be on the air with you again. Oh, same here, Glenn. Boy, did been I a long time. I know. It's been, what, about a year since we were on the Talking Equine Network. Has it been that long? I think it has. I think it's been about a year. I'm going to interrupt there. We actually did a show for, what, about six months together called the Talking Equine Show before that, and that was very short-lived. That was in the days when nobody knew how to listen. That was back in 2006, I believe. It's funny that you bring up that show because some in one of the podcasters groups that I belong to online, someone had asked if you ever had a major guest on your podcast <laughs> and forgotten to hit the record button. I was like, ooh, 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 me, yes, yes, gold medal Olympian, <laughs> talking equine show, yes. god of all things horses. <laughs> yep. So that's interesting. Yep. We didn't, we had to have him back. Yes. <laughs> we didn't. Here, let's continue. Well, that was a year too long. It's, it's good to be back on the air and chatting about horses again. So I think there'll be some people very happy to hear us back and then some not so happy. <laughs> we, I think we, my husband is one of those not so happy ones. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the Horse Radio Network and what what it's all about. Uh, the Horse Radio Network is going to be this is the first show on the network. It's going to be a series of shows all about horses. 
We're going to cover many different topics, uh, subjects. We'll have shows that are specifically for specific disciplines. Uh, we're just doing all kinds of different things as far as the shows are concerned. They're all going to be fun. If anybody knows us, they know we don't take ourselves too seriously, and it's going to be a bit of an irreverent look at things. Now, the Stable Scoop Radio Show, talk a little bit about what we're doing specifically on this show. So I'm going to interrupt again. So yes, to answer the question, we did uh, plan on the Horse Radio Network from episode one of the Stable Scoop show. But I think that Stable Scoop was the only show on the network for about a year or longer um, until Chris came along with the eventing radio show. Well, and also World Equestrian Games wasn't oh, that's far right. behind that. It was right behind that. I think it was eventing yeah. and then World Equestrian Games. So that answered that question. Now, we, you know, one of the things we tell people in podcasting is you're going to start a show and then it's going to change. Whatever you planned on is going to go out the window after about 20 episodes and you're going to change it because the audience is going to tell you what they like and don't like, or you're going to figure out what you like or don't like. And so that happened here too. This is what we had planned on doing on Stable Scoop. Okay. Stable Scoop radio show is going to be a weekly uh, show that will air every Friday. What makes this different than anything else out there is that it's put on by regular horse people for regular us, horse people. The regular horse We're people. We're going to talk about it's different than, than the Talking Equine show, um, which is, as Glenn said, the last show that he and I worked on, uh, which focused on interviews with big name riders. So Stable Scoop is at the other end of the spectrum. It's going to be more of a variety show. And we'll have lots of cool segments. Um, we think you're really going to love it. It'll run the gamut. Um, everything from news to stable spotlights, websites of the week, uh, listener emails, and a whole lot more. Uh, Glenn, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about... So there you go. Uh, we got rid of the news after about 10 episodes because we got bored. <laughs> We did. That went out the window. I don't even remember what the stable spotlight was. So that obviously went out the window. But yeah. yeah. (laughs) But but it's true of almost every podcast. You start, (laughs) especially back in that day, when we didn't know what we were doing and we didn't know what we wanted to do, really. We knew we knew kind of what we wanted to do, but we didn't know what would stick and not stick for us and the audience. And it changed and evolved and got better as time went on, you know? So it was interesting yeah, to hear that. Uh, th- thankfully, horse people are a forgiving group for right. the most part. <laughs> right. They were like, all right, these guys are changing their format again. Whatever. <laughs> Fortunately, we didn't have a lot of listeners back then either. Give a shout out to Rhonda and anybody else that w- has been listening since day one of the Horse Radio Network. We know there's some out there. Uh, we know Rhonda's one of them. And I know there's others that have written me over the years who I don't have their names. But uh, shout out to Rhonda for Rhonda in particular, who I've yet to meet in person. Really? And- Yes, I've not met Rhonda in person, and I, I need, I've only met two listeners in person, so I, I need to, um, yeah, I need to say, Rhonda, we have to meet. <laughs> well, Come so, to Newport. So things have changed, haven't they? And podcasting in general, there's so much easier to listen to. There's so many more shows out there. So as for some numbers, you know, we have over a million downloads. Uh, we've done 500 episodes. We've had, as best as I can guess, around 750 to 800 guests over the time. We've we've laughed and we've cried and uh, we've been through a lot personally. I've probably moved four times. You've probably moved three times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A divorce, uh, a remarriage. Uh, we've been 
personally, we've been, I've been through several jobs and then made this a full-time surgeries job. Surgeries we've had. Sur- surgeries, multiple <laughs> for both of us. Uh, accidents. Yeah, I mean, we've been through so much per- in our personal lives over this 10 years. But one of the things I was very proud of is we always got the show out. No matter what was happening, the show went out. Oh my God, I was miserable so many times when I sat down in this chair to start recording. And literally within two minutes, I my spirits were so uplifted uplifted just by being in this space, in this mental space with you and knowing that our, our listeners were out there. There were a few we times kept... I just said, Helena, shut up and do the show. He really did. <laughs> like, he really did. If he could have reached prayed. through the mic and smacked me in the forehead, he would have. He did. He did the virtual the virtual version of that many times. <laughs> many times. You know, I uh, also discovered when I was looking back, there were two companies that actually joined us in the first year. And again, we had virtually no listeners, but they took they took a leap of faith as sponsors. And that was Equestrian Collections yep. and Kentucky Performance Products. And Equestrian yep. Collections got bought out eventually by Horse Lovers. And we have Horse Lovers as still a sponsor and Kentucky Performance Products as still a sponsor. So our first two sponsors are still with us 10 years later. That's amazing to me. It's absolutely amazing. But I'm learning the the power of sponsor partnerships and loyalties and establishing a genuine connection, not only with the people who are listening to your podcast, but the, the companies that support it. That's a real relationship. It, it's, uh, it's kind of a fascinating and warm, fuzzy feeling thing. You know, because businesses feel so separate and they feel so clinical and corporate. But they're not. They're just groups of people who are trying to make a living. And when you're a podcaster, you tap into that human side of the business. And when that happens, you get relationships like the ones we have with Kentucky Performance Products and now Horse Lovers. So thanks to Karen and Chris for putting faith in us all those years ago. And of course, every all the other sponsors that have over the years and all are currently all of our auditors who help support all the shows. Um, <clears throat> we appreciate that as well. Well, for this episode, we kind of picked our top 10. Uh, I picked five and Helena picked five. We have some clips to play for you from some of our top 10 episodes. This was really hard. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we're going to talk about others as we go along the way, because there's been so many. I think the one thing that really has developed through all of this is friendships. Uh, we have the Templeton Thompsons of the world and the hundred others I could name, a lot of who became hosts after being guests on our show. Yes. Um, and have their own shows now. So, and I'm not going to start naming all of them. Templeton came into mind because I just played one of her songs today. So, um, you know, all of the people that we met, and we're going to talk a little bit about in these top 10 along the way that really truly have become our friends and our friends of the network, our friends of Helena and I's. And it's just those cool relationships are what has made this so worthwhile doing, as well as the relationships with our listeners. One of my favorite things about doing Stable Scoop is, was, is the amount of new information that came across my desk, the amount of horse information, the amount of knowledge that I gained, not only in talking from our guests, but in researching a lot of the topics that we covered. And people say to me now, how do you know so much about horses? And the first thing I say is, well, I really don't know all that much because <laughs> the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. But second, I've been in this industry for, well, seriously, professionally for 10 years, at least 11 years. And I have spoken with countless numbers of people who have way more information than I do. You learn a lot. And I I feel like a better horse person because of it and a better human being because of it. 
So, I, you know, to me, that's irreplaceable. 750 of them over the ten, yeah. last 10 years. <laughs> You're going to learn something along the way, right? Well, one of, what, my, yeah. one of my first, well, one of our first episodes, and I think probably my all-time favorite simply because it was the first time I was able to actually talk about fox hunting in any way. And this was episode three. And I love the title, Bourbon, Fox Hunting, and Equestrianism, because really, that's how life is <laughs> for me. Um, we, well, should I, let me read the, can I read the opening paragraph? Yeah, read paragraph? the opening. Yeah, this is what, what we talked about. And then I have a little clip uh, of you lighting up, talking about, for the first time, talking about fox hunting. All right. So, I, it, I the episode opener read like this. Join us as we take you on a wild ride with Fox Hunting Talk to one of the most beautiful spots in America at the Maker's Mark Secretariat Center. And your faith in the youth of today will be restored as we speak with our blogger of the week. She is one articulate teen. That was an inspirational episode. And it really was. And it was our third episode. So it was back in probably we it was September of 2008. And here's a little clip of Helena lighting up to talk about one of her favorite topics. And again, our sound was not terrific back then. We've improved a little, I hope. You know, and it's interesting, you live in a part of, well, you ride with the myopia hunt. Yes. And uh, we were up there one Thanksgiving, my wife actually rode with you, uh, and at Thanksgiving Day, they have a big (laughs) hunt that is unbelievable. There will be thousands of people will come out and line the roads watching this hunt go by. Yes, it is an event. It is wonderful. It is beautiful. It is. It, it brings tears to my eyes. It, it's such a feeling of joy. And you know what? All the horses um, that go out in our hunt, the hounds, people, everybody enjoys themselves. They have such a great time. What's different about myopia is that we're a drag hunt. So we don't actually hunt live quarry. Uh, our hounds are trained to follow a scent. Probably if they saw a fox, they wouldn't know what it was anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but you know what? In Massachusetts, we don't have a lot of open space to have live hunts. There are some live hunts here, um, but because we just don't have the contiguous open space to follow an actual live animal. Right. So there you were. First time got to talk about you were so excited, too. I remember that. <laughs> I was so excited. Well, the, the conversation had opened because of the battle that was happening in the UK between fox hunting enthusiasts and what they call the antis, right? The antis, antis, those who are anti-fox hunting, the animal rights people. And so I felt like it was important to make the point that we we don't necessarily kill foxes here in the United States. It's all fox chasing and that our hunt in particular was drag. There were no foxes involved at all. Um, but it, it doesn't detract whether, no matter what kind of fox hunting you do, it doesn't detract from the joy. Oh my God, the joy. My heart just, it's still to this day swells. Yeah, you swells. and my Everyone. wife both. <laughs> they both, you, you both for sure. And we actually, in our new house, we have a lot of fox around here. I am getting to know them. Of course, I feed one of them. So he comes to the backyard. <laughs> he has his breakfast right out there in our, outside our deck. Are they, are <laughs> they red fox? They are. Yep. Yep. And they're really cute. Uh, to watch them play when they don't know you're looking, they are ridiculously adorable. The one that lives in our back, we have one in our back field that lives out there. He has for years. And he had a family the one year. He had two little cubs and a wife. And now the wife and 
is gone. They got divorced. Um, <laughs> but I was surprised how tiny they are. Cause you think, yeah, they're small. Yeah, they're little red foxes are little red foxes. They're like a big cat, you know? Yeah. 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 And they're as limber. They'll sit on top of the fences. It's so weird to see the foxes sitting on top of a fence. Yep. It's, it's, it's really cool to see them. Well, we can't do this. Uh, my first pick has to be this one. <laughs> because, um, let me just get the name here. Susanna said today that her the first ever episode that she listened to on the network and it got her hooked was this one. It is my number one pick, episode 293, and it was called Flexible Nuts. The fact that Susanna listened to this episode first and then came back, I'm amazed. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read the description. Ellie O'Brien joins us, who I'm still friends with. She's in New Zealand, with a training tip on lateral flexion. And Kat from Eat Your Tart Out, which was a blog about food, with, and she used to come on every single month with a recipe. We love Kat. Uh, with a recipe for chocolate cinnamon almonds and also the nine rules for naked dining. And it wasn't the almonds that, <laughs> that got everybody going. It was the Naked Dining, and it still is listed by many, many listeners as their number one episode ever on Stable Scoop. And let's listen to a little bit of that. Much to Helena's chagrin because it embarrassed the heck out of her. Oh, my God. This is an etiquette guide to nude resorts. Now, I don't know how often any of you know your listeners are going to be going to nude resorts, but just in case they find themselves there... This is the opportunity to learn how to correctly behave. <laughs> I have a confession. What? I've been to a nudist resort before. Really? <laughs> for a week. Are for we a week. To talk about this on the air. <laughs> for a weekend, I was at a nudist resort before Jennifer. Weekend? This is pre-Jennifer. Jennifer knows about this, so I'm not going to get in too much trouble. Uh, yes, uh, I had a previous fiance uh, when I was in my young twenties who uh, like went to nudist. Whoa, resort. whoa, 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 whoa! You were engaged yeah. before Jennifer? Yes, yes, I was. Yes, thank God that didn't work out. Um, so she, uh, her family did as well. So um, they had been gone. She had been gone a long time. So I actually went uh, with her one weekend to a nudist resort in the Poconos of Pennsylvania. And uh, we stayed the weekend. They had little cabins and stuff you could rent. And then they had camping and they had uh, all the Naked amenities. camping? Are you kidding me? No, 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 a lot of people camped. And then they <laughs> pool. And, and, and by the way, it isn't a cliche. Volleyball is very popular. They had a volleyball tournament against I another can't. Can't. A, another nudist camp um, <laughs> that weekend. I need to go now. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> she brought it up. I don't know why this is so funny. It just is. But the first number one rule of etiquette is towel on. Naked butts at the table are a big no-no. So apparently this rule is telling you that you need to bring towels with you if you're going to be sitting in a public place. Actually, yes. It's required there. They tell you when you check in, you must have your towel and you must carry it with you at all times. You actually carry your towel all the time. And any place you sit, you must put your towel down. Thank you. <laughs> towel gods. <laughs> okay. Kat is regretting it for bringing this. I, I kind of am, but it is funny. I mean, it's where else can you talk about something like this? You know, than on our show. Exactly. Yes, I apologize to all the listeners. If you'd like to turn it off now, please feel free. Come back next week.
<laughs> so there you go. There's a little clip. <laughs> Flexible Nuts, episode 293. <laughs> I forgot how funny that was. I'm sweating. I'm... Oh, she went through all 10, too. That was only about t- t- two minutes of the 30 minutes we spent talking about naked dining. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Towel Gods. That was funny. Well, I'm dying over here. I'm trying not to crack up because I'm like, is he taping me right now? Or are we just listening to the clip? Oh, God. That's still, we, that's probably the most, the episode we hear about the most from listeners uh, that have been around a while. That's the one. I wonder why. (laughs) That's the one they remember. All right. What was your next pick? My next pick was my, my heart, my heart. The Tack and Habit show. The first time we introduced Uh, Tack and Habit to the world. I bet you many listeners don't know about that. No, 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 no. It was embedded into, well, it essentially was episode 91. And we, I'm just like a giddy little schoolgirl in the opening of this episode. My absolute joy over the birth of this show and its content is so clear. You want to play the clip? Yep. Okay. You and I have both been in retail forever, and now we finally get a show to talk about stuff. Yes, and, and it's fun. I like the name, and I like that we get to do more chatting. And you did a terrific job with the logo, by the way. Thank you very the much. The logo is really cute. Helena designed a logo, so if you like the logo, send Helena an email. She re- really did a cute job. It actually looks like us, I think. It's us. That's us. <laughs> if you ever want to know what Glenn and I are about, look at the Tag and Habit logo. And uh, we should explain this show. It's going to be a short little show. I say a short little show. It's going to be a lot shorter than our other show. We do also do the Stable Scoop Radio Show here at the Horse Radio Network. And this is our first episode of the Tack and Habit Radio Show. <laughs> Flatteringly cut. Is that a word? Flatteringly? I guess. <laughs> you know what? Let's make it a word. Flatteringly. It's going to be a uh, Helena word. Helena word? Well, well, flatteringly well, cut. We're going to have to see if we can use flatteringly in every episode now. Coat. Yes, flatteringly. Um, so anyway, it's it's sort of an alternative to the traditional show coat. And um, carrots, this particular See, coat, us guys would say it's tight and attractive. Absolutely. Yes, well, yes, I mean, yes, yes. come on. We wear britches and we wear, you know. Yeah, it's sort of like the britches for the top. It's very yeah. um, form-fitting. <laughs> you got it. You always had to. You always had to go there. You always had to go there. It was you a show so... about women's clothing, mostly. What was I going to do? I'm a guy. It wasn't just women's clothing. No, so you cut out the most important part of the clip, Glenn, was that it was about tack. It was about equipment. It was about gear. And it was about apparel. <laughs> and because, you know, my princess in the pea situation, like, I can't stand right. I can't stand britches that have a seam. No, she can't. And they get, or anything, anything that have, rubs and, her the wrong way, including me. People. <laughs> yeah. And um, so Tack and Habit was our chance to kind of talk about this stuff. And me also being a fashion lover, I was like, ooh, a black jacket, a green jacket. What can you wear in the show ring? What can you wear out hunting? What can't you wear? you know, do those boots fall apart after one use kind of thing. And, you know, we all talk about our stuff walking down the bar and aisle and someone goes, Oh, I love your britches. And then a 20 minute conversation ensues over, you know, who makes the britches. So this was an entire show devoted to that kind of conversation. What's not to love. And we did it several years, actually. We did it for several years. And then we both got busy or I forget what happened, but. Well, Tack and Habit never really went away. We, we ended up, Having well, we had too many shows on the network, so we couldn't. You know, the Tech and Habit show was like the redheaded stepchild. We yeah. couldn't have really give it enough time, so we really just folded it into Stable Scoop. 
And it became a segment within Scoop. And it still is. I mean, we, we're all, the auditors review the products now, but it's still a segment in Staple Scoop every every episode. So you're right. Yeah. It never did. And I still use the music. So it's still, and it's, we're still using talk it. Talk about um, the evolution of a show. We had said in that initial episode that this was not about reviewing products. <laughs> and now it's all about reviewing products. <laughs> now it's products. all about reviewing products. That's right. So. Well, that, uh, w- one of the other things, that w- episodes that I like going way back to episode 27, back in the first year, is when we started, and of course, this is dear to my heart for many reasons, because it was the start of the Horse Husbands episodes. It was our first Horse Husband episode, uh, uh, episode number 27. It was called a 12-step program. And you then did a Horse Wives episode right after it. And we did that for many years. Uh, yeah. We'd do a Husbands and a Wives episode right out back to back. But let me give you a warning. The next two things we deal with, the next two favorites of ours, you're going to need your tissue box. So I'm giving you that fair warning now. Um, this episode of the first one of the Horse Husbands episode also has a special place in our hearts because we had Greg Tryon on, who was the husband of Amy Tryon, who about two years after this episode died unexpectedly. So um, Greg, the husband, was on, and I have a little clip from that, and I'm playing this you know, in remembrance of Amy also, so that uh, you can hear how Greg felt about about her. Um, so I know, get your tissues ready. But, you know, we, we felt it important to play this clip for you today, because these are the kinds of things that do happen in life. And we have a little bit of Greg talking about, about things. So here is episode 27. This is Greg Tryon. Greg has, well, let's introduce Greg here before we get chatting. Greg Tryon's the husband uh, to an Olympian and one heck of a serious eventer by the name of Amy Tryon. And Amy's just, uh, she's a sweetheart. She was on the show, uh, on our eventing radio show here a couple weeks ago, and we appreciated that. He has a website at Team Tryon, that's T-R-Y-O-N dot com. And, well, Greg, you, you married into this, she was a serious competitor well, you know, then. I always say she had two horses. One was for sale and the other one wasn't going to do what she wanted and made some silly comment about wanting to go to the Olympics. And I said, well, yeah, don't we all? And I didn't know she <laughs> oh, was serious, no. of course. And <laughs> <laughs> She's been to a couple Olympics, hasn't she? She has. Athens and the Beijing 2008 in Hong Kong. And was wow. a gold medalist at one, right? She was a world champion in part of the world championship team in 2002 in Jerez, the World Equestrian Games. She was a team bronze medalist um, in uh, Athens. She unfortunately had a hard bounce in uh, Hong Kong, but, and she was also the individual bronze medalist at the World Equestrian Games in Aachen, Germany in 2006. So how wow. long have you been married now? Uh, a little over 13 years. 13 years, okay. And you both, uh, the, one of the other interesting sidelights to your story is you were both firefighters, right? Correct. Um, I... Basically, that's still what I do. I'm a battalion chief for a fire department in this area, and uh, which is just east of Seattle. And Amy, sort of, uh, after 13 years of being a firefighter in the same department, I sort of said, okay, you're doing three full-time jobs. Can we sort of cut back on one? And I made the mistake of not pointing out the one that actually earns money to keep out. <laughs> <laughs> that was Greg Tryon talking about Amy. Um, you know, I had met her a couple times at Rolexes and things over the years, and uh, and I, I I don't know how I haven't heard about Greg in a long time. I'm going to have to follow up with Greg and see how he's doing. I haven't talked to him in forever. 
Yeah, that's a that's a difficult subject to approach. Yeah. yeah. I was devastated at Amy's passing. Well, you had a favorite listed here, and I don't even remember where this came from. I, well, I listened to the episode, and you found it online somewhere, um, this poem. This, the episode was, uh, where is the episode? What? Turtle Yoga. Yeah. It was episode 161. Um, well, we were talking about turtleneck mud turtle sheets. That was our, our product review. That was the part of the Tack and Habit segment we rolled in. But then you found this poem online and you were like, Helena, you need to read this. You, you just need to read this. And I read it and I cried my eyes out and I was like, okay, I hope I can do it justice. And then I like channeled my inner Glenn Close. I'm like, oh, I have to read this really well. And I guess I did because a lot of people wrote us, wrote in about it. Yeah, this is probably one of the ones we got the most emails about yeah. as far as episodes go. And it was this poem and, and I've played it a couple times since, but not not lately. So uh, keep the tissues out. Here you go. And we had permission from the author to do this. Um, and she was actually thrilled. We actually interviewed her. Remember, we had her on yes, to talk we about did. it. Yeah. And one of those many episodes. Here we go. It's called I Hung Up My Bridal Today. By Read by Helena B. I Hung Up My Bridal Today by Chris Garrett. Yesterday, for the first time, I was too tired to ride. Yesterday, for the first time, I was afraid I would be hurt if I was thrown. Yesterday, for the first time, I realized I was old. Yesterday, for the first time, I had to face that I could no longer keep up. Yesterday, for the first time, I felt my heart break. Yesterday, for the first time, I turned my back on my friend. Yesterday, for the first time, I knew I was done. Today, for the last time, I felt warm, braided leather in my hands. Today, for the last time, I released the buckles on the girth and watched my girl sigh. Today, for the last time, I slowly dropped the bit so it wouldn't hit her teeth. Today, for the last time, I buried my head in her soft, warm neck. Today, for the last time, I tracked hay and horsehair into my house. Today, for the first time, I cried after my ride. Today, for the first time, I felt my hands shake as I set the saddle on its rack. Today, for the first time, I hugged my young trainer a final goodbye. Today, for the first time, I waited for the new owner's trailer to arrive. Today, for the first time, I did not hear nickering when I opened my back door. Today, for the first time, I felt worse leaving the barn than I did when I entered. Today, for the first time, I had no one to check on before going to bed. Tomorrow, for the first time, I can stay in bed longer. Tomorrow, for the first time, I won't be able to fly on four legs. Tomorrow, for the first time, I will regret letting her go. Tomorrow, for the first time, I will be angry at myself. Tomorrow, for the first time, I will cry the day away. Tomorrow, for the first time, I will be glad to die. Day after tomorrow, for the first time, I will know I was wrong. 
Day after tomorrow, for the first time, I will defy all the opinions. Day after tomorrow, for the first time, I will ignore my old bones. Day after tomorrow, for the first time, I will bring my friend home. Day after tomorrow, for the first time, I will be reborn. For the rest of my life, I will have a horse in my yard. For the rest of my life, I will ignore the well-meaning advice. For the rest of my life, I will bury my face in her soft neck. For the rest of my life, I will let my soul fly. For the rest of my life, I will never be alone. Well read, my friend. Well read. That was very dramatic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well (laughs) read. Well done. Yeah. That was... uh, Had that conversation a couple of times with <laughs> yeah. myself. Yep. Every, all of us have. I mean, when we've sold horses or lost horses or for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. We're busy building a backyard so that we can have a, our horses back in our backyard. And you're close, we, right? We're close. Yes, we're close. We're, we're shopping for gates right now. It is, it is a different life when you wake up in the morning and you don't have a 1200 pound animal to feed or care for it's a sense of purpose. It's a sense of purpose. That's greater than many things. Well, you will soon. (laughs) Well, one of the things that, uh, and we'll have to, we, we, I don't know if we'll be able to play all the rest of the clips we have. We're going to run out of time, but we'll, we'll at least talk about these episodes that we liked. And for what reason, one of the clips that I have to play, though, is <laughs> required. Rachel wrote to me and said, I know you're doing this episode coming up. And of course, I started when you guys were talking about perky jerky. And you better, <laughs> at episode 500, talk about perky jerky. Per- for longtime listeners, as soon as they hear perky jerky, when they still see it in the stores, they still go, I know about perky jerky. I don't know how perky jerky started. We This was a product. It's jerky. And you see it in the stores now. You didn't see it in the stores then. I came across it online or something, and we started joking about it, and it became a thing for like a year. A big thing. A big a thing. Week. There wasn't an episode that went by that we didn't mention perky jerky. I sent you a case of it, remember? And then- <laughs> I came home one day, and there was a huge box. I mean, huge box, like three feet by three feet in front of my door. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I opened it up, and it was Full of jerky. I thought I died. I thought I was in heaven. We had the uh, we had the founder of the company on. Remember, he was this badass guy who like hiked mountains and stuff. And he needed. He explained how Perky Jerky came to be. He was Uh, like a backcountry skier or something. And it it actually they they developed this stuff for really good reasons. And it was great and is a great product. We just liked it because it had a stupid name, and that's that's why we picked up on it. (laughs) Delicious. (laughs) <laughs> and now you see it everywhere. I see it in Walmart. I see it in like uh, Home Depots. Everywhere I go, I see Perky Jerky now. And I, I credit us for helping bring the popularity of Perky Jerky up. <laughs> it's, it's true because we kept talking about it. And uh, listeners would write into us and say, I found Perky Jerky in mice. Remember, it was only in like a Blockbuster. It was only like, yes, it was Blockbuster. You're absolutely right. That's the only place it was where you could buy it online on their website. That was it. Blockbuster doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> I know. 
I know. Fergie Jerky does. We uh, Do you remember when we crank called? I don't have time to play the clips, but do you remember when we crank called the company? <laughs> so I do. Behind a microphone making crank calls. <laughs> We're a bunch of jerks. Do you want to hear that? I can play that quick. I do have the crank yeah, call we made. Go ahead. All right. So let me see. We should call them right now and say, Perky Jerky people. Let's do it. Trying to help you. Let's do it. Be a, it's, they even have a link that says be a jerk. Well, we're jerks. P, of course we, we, we are. We can qualify for that. Perky Jerky is your brand. It, it, what does that mean? It means we want you to share in the excitement, hilarity, and success of Perky Jerky. Oh, really? Then call us back. All right. That's it. Let me just, uh, we're going to call them right now. Using home and they never call you back. All right. You want me to talk? Of course. Okay. Here we go. You're the schmoozer in the family. Calling Perky Jerky. Please leave your name. Ah! A brief message and someone will contact you shortly. Thanks and have a perky day. At the tone, was please cute. record your message. <laughs> that was cute. When you have finished have recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, this is Glenn and Helena from the uh, Tech and Habit Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. And we have been talking about your product for months and months and months. And we've been trying to get somebody on the air, so we thought we'd just try and call today while recording the show. Because we love your product, and we can't get anybody on to talk about it. And now we come on here, and we see that you have turkey perky jerky. And we want cases of it. And we want all our friends to have cases of it. So we would like you to email me at Glenn with two ends at horseradionetwork.com, and we would love to get you on the air to talk about Perky Jerky because you, you have to be the product we have talked about the most in all of our shows. And they did. They wrote to us, and the, the guy who founded the company came on the air. <laughs> Amazingly enough. <laughs> I, well, hey, you know, their company was about jerks. That's right. <laughs> we were a perfect fit. It just... You know, it was sad. It took him so long to realize that. <laughs> Love that. I was. You're like, let's do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you let's talk. Jump up a bridge next. <laughs> you talk. Whatever Glenn says. You talk. <laughs> you talk. You go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and almost every guest we ever talked to was like, no, you, you lead. No, you lead. No, you yeah, lead. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, right, so uh, let's run through the last uh, four of our favorite episodes real quick. Uh, you picked uh, episode 292. Episode 292, Healthy Barns and Road to the Horse champion Jim Anderson. You know, one, this was one that I did with Jennifer. I loved when Jennifer had to guest host. I missed you, but I loved having a chance to chat with Jen because yeah, that's, yeah. again, that was the inspiration for this whole show. But what I really loved about this particular episode was talking to an actual architect whose business it was to design top-of-the-line barns. And so John Blackburn Architects, thats we had John Blackburn on. He had just written a book, right? And we actually got to pick his brain about what goes into the healthy design of a barn. If I could change my career again (laughs) for the 17th time, I would be a barn consultant. I built three so far. Well, built two of my own, contributed to the renovation, essentially the rebuild of a third, I would do it. I would do it in a minute. I would do it in a minute. What doors, what latches, where to put, how how to uh, orient it on the lot, airflow. And John Blackburn was like that inspiration. It was amazing. Well, uh, the only time Jennifer didn't complain about having to host a show, which she really is introverted and doesn't like to do, um, it was when she was doing them with you. Then she never argued. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> then we had it. That was we always knew that was an ep, an editing nightmare on the other side because Jen and I would just go on and, and on, on and on. Yeah, I'd have to cut half of it out. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, sorry, my, not sorry. As I talked about earlier in the show, one of the things that really one of the neatest things that's come out of doing this show is the friendships we've made. And so, episode number ninety-two, competitive trail riding and one dangerous woman, was one of my favorites, and that's because it's the first time we met Tammy Serrants. And, of course, Tammy went on to be host of the Western Radio Show. She's one of the uh, organizing people of Road to the Horse. I see her all the time. She's good friends. I talk to her all the time and still love Tammy. And, again, that is one of the coolest things to come out of doing our show is the friendships we've made. Uh, And a lot of people become hosts on the shows because after they were done, Helene and I went, they should have their own show. (laughs) They were so good. And Tammy was one of those people. And we had ideas, you know, we had ideas for shows and we would entertain guests and have some, you know, in the back of our mind, kind of assess how well they did. And we were pretty good. You know, we we would say that person would be a great host. And sure enough, they and Tammy was wonderful. And that let me tell you, that is one strong, smart, big hearted woman. She has been through a lot. She's an inspiration and should be every horse person's role model. She's good stuff, Tammy. She really is. And uh, you're right. She has been through a lot. And besides, where else can you get an Australian Southern Texas accent? You could not have been happier (laughs) than to have met Tammy. (laughs) She's great. Now, uh, your next pick was what? Your Your final pick. So my last favorite episode was 443, Retraining Girthy Horses and Happy Dog Ranch. And that was about trainer Angelo Talatin who uh, was teaching a technique for dealing with girthy horses. I loved it. I'm a big fan of his. And uh, it's really just conditioned response, you know, clicker training type horse, uh, clicker training type of training. Only Angelo doesn't use the clicker. It's just conditioned response. But I loved it because the simple training tip that I learned from him created instantly happier horses on cross ties. So I, of course, became a lifelong fan. And that, and again, that represents all, a lot of the shows that we did that really had training tips and educational side to them. Yeah, no gimmicks, yeah. just basic science behind training our horses. Well, we met Ron, Monty Roberts through the show too. And again, look, yeah, look at no the relationship. Basic training. <laughs> you did his Equestrian Legends episode. I, I mean, did. Yeah, and now look at uh, Jamie's one of his master, almost master instructors, and Debbie has her own show, and you know his daughter has her own show in the network. So again, those relationships all started on Stable Scoop. I learned so much from those episodes and from their Equus University, his online. Yes. Um, teaching program and my daughter I teach everybody I know how to join up with their horse and they're like where'd you learn that I just give me the website address I'm like here you go get started and that's horsemanship radio if you want to listen to that on the horse radio network well my final one is something that we do every year we started it back uh in episode 123 and it was on 1222 of 2010. So eight years ago, we started this. And that's the annual All Hosts episode. And we do that every Christmas time where we get all the Horse Radio Network hosts on. And these are all the shows that we own. We, we Eventually, we got so big, we couldn't do it with all the hosts or there'd be 35 people on. Uh, so yeah. it was all the shows that we owned. And now we've done that for eight years. 
uh, it, some of the years were technologically challenged because we had to get so many people on and nobody had great connections. It was just terrible. But that's improved over the years as well. But it was so much fun, and it is so much fun just to get together with everybody once a year. And you would get to talk to hosts that you'd never talked to all year long, Reese and Philip and everybody. I should have put this on my favorites list because it was favorite. And we all would have like a little cocktail and we yep. recorded in the evening. Usually we record shows during the day, but these episodes were recorded in the evening. So it did feel celebratory. It was really a lot of fun. <clears throat> Yeah. And, it is and then Wendy came on and she yes. was like my soul sister. Yeah. I'm like, Wendy, yeah, I, I really miss Wendy. I, I miss. Uh, well, if there's a party and Wendy walks in the room, that's it. She's the life of the party. <laughs> and it doesn't matter whether it's on the air or in person. If Wendy walks in a room, she is the life of the party. There's just people like that. And she's one of those people. She truly is. <laughs> So, all host episode for sure. There are so many other things that happened on Stable Scoop over the years. We met so many cool people. We talked to s- about so many weird, unusual things in the horse world. I mean, we really did talk about unusual stuff, as well as meeting some of the neatest people in the horse world. It just, you know, when you th- look back at the list of the 750 guests we've had, there are who's who of the horse world. And some were not big when we talked to them, and now they're big, you know? So... Uh, it's kind of neat to see the growth too of of many of them. Yeah, I I and friends like a lot of the stable scoop fans became personal Facebook friends with me, and we still connect. We 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 post things. You know, every time somebody from my stable scoop world posts something on Facebook, I have to I have to like it with a heart. I have to love it. I can't just like it. I'm like, no, I don't just like this. I love this. I have. I, I don't even get to see these people in person, but there is such a warm connection. Even if it's virtual, there's such a warm connection with these people. It, it will never go away. I don't, Facebook could come and go. Google can come and go. The internet can come and go. And somehow I feel like the horse radio network connections, the friendships, will will reform. We'll find each other somehow. Well, I think 80% of my friends on Facebook are listeners. Yeah. Well, you get a chance to meet them in person. I mean, you went on cruises together. You have all kinds of stuff. Yeah. How was it meeting? I mean, do you remember? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. From the first few times that you met people at Rolex, I think that was the first time you actually had listener meetup. Nine or 10 years ago. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. And WEG. Yeah. And WEG to the cruise and the actually the Alaska trip that you went on where you got to meet. big groups or, you know, get more intimate with your, your listeners. Well, how would you describe the difference between those early days and your most recent listener? Well, I think they know us better. Number one. So when they meet us, you know, one of the things that's still hard to get used to, and you and I have talked about this after meeting listeners, is they know us so well, because we talk about everything, you know, in our lives, that we forget that we've talked about that stuff, and they bring it up, and it's like, oh, they know that. Oh. Yeah, You know, it catches you off guard because we're just being us and talking about our lives and everything that goes on in our lives. And then all of a sudden you meet listeners and then we're almost surprised that they know about the stuff. <laughs> so it's that's still disconcerting to this day. A little I'll bit. I'll be, you know, that happened to me and Buck recently. We were walking down the street in Newport and someone came up and said, said something. I can't even remember what it was about. Someplace that we'd been. Maybe it was a trip to the Caribbean or something. And I was like, Holy crap! Who are you, and how do you know about me? You know, in my life. And she was like, "Oh, I listened to your show." 
And I go, oh, man, duh. But it's, <laughs> you're just like, whoa, you know, we have more than 12 listeners. Okay. <laughs> There's people out there, you know. And Buck has a very recognizable voice. Yes, too. he does. Yeah. So when he speaks, so who's ever in the vicinity knows it's Buck Harris. Um, so that was kind of, yeah, it's a little weird. You don't realize the things about yourself that you reveal on these shows. And with, you know, 10 years of Stable Scoop, we revealed a lot. I'll tell you one thing that has changed, and this was evident on the cruise where we had 40 of us together, um, was thanks to the auditors and the Facebook group for the auditors, and because it's so active, I felt like for the first time I knew them. Whereas before, we didn't know the listeners. They knew us. It was really a one-way street. Now I feel like there com- there's a community built around the Horse Radio Network in the form of the auditors. And it's such a good, active, engaged community. Now I feel like I know them. So that was a huge difference on the cruise. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I find difficult about the auditors group is that there's so many in there now. I'm struggling to keep up with each person's individual stories, which mm-hmm. I really liked. I liked being a part of their lives in that way. So I need to make an effort to get back in the group more often. But now that I'm not working for the man, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> but um, the community is growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. So it's kind of nice that you have these little separate meetups that are more local. I mean, we have a lot of fans in the Pacific Northwest. You couldn't get further away from me than the Pacific Northwest. I know. I know. And, uh, and what's so cool is everywhere we go, they set up the meetups. When we were in Maryland for American Horse Publications, we had a group of 10 or 12, and some of them drove two, three hours. I mean, uh, it's just well, really incredible. Let's, I think I'm going to do a New England meetup then. There you go. There's I a bunch we'll up a there. I know there's some up there. Well, as soon as our barn is done, we're going to have a barn party. So it may be around the Halloween time frame. We'll see what we can do. There you go. Very cool. We'll see what we can do. Well, people can still listen to you, though. They, they don't have to miss Helena because you're on the airwaves on a regular basis. So tell everybody I, where they can find you. I am. You can find me at that thatnewportshow.com. It's a weekly podcast. It's about Newport, Rhode Island, but... You know, Helena doesn't, I can't just live on the surface like that. I got to dig a little bit deeper. So the show is about, if you've never been to Newport, you absolutely have to come. I I don't live in this area because Newport isn't a great place. First of all, I don't live in Newport. I live in Little Compton. That's a big secret. We don't want anybody to know about Little Compton, except for nature lovers and horse people. But Newport is the place where we go to go out dancing, listen to great music, you know, uh, eat wonderful food. It is such an amazing place. The only thing that's missing is like Olympic sized equestrian facilities. <laughs> so the podcast is about what makes this place so magical, but also about the people. So the way we dig into horse people's lives on horse radio network, Buck and I dig into people's lives here in this community. And we talk about ways in which we can all work on ourselves so that we can be better people, parents, neighbors, you name it. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We have a boating podcast as well on the network called Around the Buoy. So if you fancy yourself someone who likes to boat, whether it's sailing or power, Around the Buoy is new. And I have a couple of others on the horizon that are oh, in the cool. works. Very good. Well, uh, that's very exciting. And it, it, the website, one more time. Thatnewportshow.com. And I would love to see if anybody ever wants to come to Newport. We don't, we used to have a guest house, 
but we don't have a guest house anymore, but we do have some space. So if not that, we get discounts on hotels and stuff. I guarantee you, you will absolutely love visiting. I, I, we did our honeymoon there. I totally agree. Yeah, and we'll have a guest horse too. So if you do want to come, we'll go out on Brody and our guest horse. We'll take a nice hack through the Little Compton countryside. We can go down to the beach. We have a beautiful beach. Look up Goosewing Beach in Little Compton, and we can ride on there. It's very cute. It is. I've been there. It's very cool. And you have a great ice cream store. Is the ice cream store still open? The ice cream store is currently ripped up. There's a huge, like, 50-foot hole in the ground right next to it. It used to be a gas station. So they finally had to take out the, the gas, gas tanks. tanks. <laughs> so no ice cream right now. But it was affecting the ice cream. Fumigating <laughs> here. <laughs> now so ice cream, ice cream tastes like gas. <laughs> yeah. Gas cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, Helene, I miss you. Thank you so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we kind of figured out before the show started that Stable Scoop is the as far as we know, the longest running podcast for the horse world. Uh, and thank you so much to all the listeners, to the sponsors over the years, and to to everybody that's been involved in the show, the 750 guests. And most of all, to you, Helena, for for being part of the show and for, for, uh, for really joining the ride when there wasn't much to join. <laughs> we had two wheels and not four. So well, I'm honored to have been a part of the beginning of the history and, and of today. I'm so honored that you asked me to come back. This is the highlight of my month. Thank you. Well, we'll have you back more often now that you're Good. available again. Now that I'm free. Have a job. I'm single. <laughs> so, all right. If you want to, by the way, if you want to go back, I'm going to put a link to all the our favorite episodes we picked. But the only way you're going to be able to listen to them is to go to the website. So I'm going to put a link on the show notes for today's show, episode 500, uh, at stablescoop.com. And you can go back to the past episodes. But the only way, as I said, you're going to get to listen to them is through those links because they're not we're only allowed to put so many on iTunes. I think it's 50, isn't it? Like 50 past yeah. episodes on iTunes. And then they don't let you put any more than that. So that when you go to back catalogs like that, you can download them from the website. The episode one, there's not even a player. Some of those early episodes, because we've gone through about six already six versions of our players over the years. We, 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 there's not even a player. There's a click, listen, click button. I don't know. But I have anyway. to copy the URLs for the MP3 files and paste them into my browser. I'm like, what is this shit? I know. It's because I haven't had the patience to go back through five, what is it, probably 250 episodes and fix them. So yeah, um, good luck. <laughs> I hope you can listen. Thanks, everybody, for being with us on this ride. We really appreciate it. It's been a fun one. And thank you, Helena. Oh, my pleasure. You know, I'm not used to Can we do our closing? Yeah, well, that's why I threw it to you to do the closing. But again, you're going to screw it up. Even though it's a big, you know me, I always forget the closing. (laughs) Even though it's a big, fat lie, I just want to do it for nostalgia. Okay, okay. You're supposed to say, are we done, Glenn? No, aren't we going to do the show wrap-up? Oh, I did that already. We're done with that. (laughs) No, that's really like old times. If I had a dime for every time Glenn said we did that already, I'm such a flake. Don't pay attention to me at all. I I really don't. I'm like, I'm out there. (laughs) Okay, you ready? You say, are we done, Glenn? Okay. Are we done, Glenn? That's it, Helena. Well, at least there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. (laughs) 